This evening, we continue our monthly series looking at the activity of the risen and ascended Lord Jesus. Back in February, Eric gave us a helpful overview of three things that Jesus is doing now based on three Old Testament roles that he fulfills. As God's king, Jesus rules over all things for all eternity. As great high priest, Jesus represents us before God. As the greatest of the prophets, Jesus spoke God's word and revealed God's character to us. Last month, Graham expanded on Jesus' kingly role, and this evening, we look in a little more detail at Jesus, the great high priest. But just before we do that, I'd like you to consider, where is Jesus when you need him the most? Caroline was having a rough time. Her marriage had broken down. There was a bitter ongoing dispute over the children. Many of her friends had sided with her husband. And yet, through the persistence and careful witness of a colleague, she had become deeply aware of her own sin. And she repented of it. Hearing too of the hope of new life in Christ, she put her faith in him. But... At the back of her mind, there was still this niggling doubt. When everybody else in her life had let her down, could she really trust that Jesus would make good on his promise? Where was God when Caroline needed to be assured of her salvation? Nigel was well respected in his local church. He was an able home group leader. Uh, He served on the finance committee. He was always a friendly face, ready to welcome newcomers. And yet, late one evening, in the quiet of his study, a few clicks of the mouse and Nigel was watching pornographic videos on the internet. And it wasn't the first time it had happened. He knew it was wrong, but how could he stop sinning? Where was Jesus when Nigel needed his strength? Or Mary, Mary lived in a nursing home. She was well looked after. But with limited mobility and failing eyesight, a daily diet of many pills for her various uh, health problems, life was hard. She was well looked after by the staff in the care home, but things hadn't been the same since her husband had died three years ago. When Mary needed Jesus' love, where was he? So as we leave Caroline, Nigel and Mary with their questions, please turn to Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 23. If you're using one of the Red Pew Bibles, you'll find it on page 1205. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 23 to Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Where is Jesus when you need him the most? Well, did you see it there in verse 25? 
He is interceding for you and for me and for all those who will come to God through him. And when the Bible says that Jesus is interceding for us, well, what exactly does that mean? The Jews to whom this book of Hebrews was written would have instinctively known what intercede meant. Uh, That had been the role of the Old Testament priests who offered sacrifices for the sins of the people and prayed that God would turn aside from his anger. The priests acted as a go-between between sinners and a holy God. In the 21st century, perhaps intercession is a less familiar term. In Christian circles, it's often described as standing in the gap. Jesus stands in the gap between us and God. That huge gulf that has been created by our sin, that gulf that separates us from God. And it is filled by Jesus as he intercedes for us and offers us a way back to enjoy God, to enjoy his favor instead of his condemnation. Probably the most common modern-day example of intercession comes from our legal system. If you're on trial before the court, there will be a lawyer who represents you. He or she would plead your case before the judge. You could say that they were interceding for you. And in a similar way, Jesus represents us before God. When Satan, the accuser, brings up our sinful words, our sinful actions, our sinful thoughts in the courtroom of heaven... Jesus is there pleading his blood in our place before God. In the words of the hymn, before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea. And when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. And when Jesus was on earth, we catch an early glimpse of what that intercession looks like because we see some of his intercessory prayers recorded for us. Uh, For example, in John 17, Jesus prays for his disciples. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Or sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And for all believers throughout all the ages, we see Jesus praying that all of them may be one and that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me, or that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Just a glimpse of some of the things that Jesus has prayed for us. And in our passage this evening, we see that Jesus isn't just another lawyer or another Old Testament priest. The sacrifices of the priests had to be repeated day after day, year after year, a lamb in the place of a sinner. But when Jesus, the spotless lamb of God, offered himself on the cross, he put an end to the old sacrificial system. Through his sacrifice, once for all, he is able to save completely all who come to God through him. Other translations say he is able to save us absolutely or to the uttermost, or forever. Unlike the priests who died, death will never stop Jesus from being the only priest whom you can come to God through. Because he lives forever, he is able to save forever. And so what difference should the ongoing intercession of Jesus make to the way we live? 
Well, firstly, I'd add a little warning. Have you ever asked a friend to pray for you? While it is certainly a good thing to pray for one another, we must be careful that we're putting our trust in the great high priest and not making an earthly priest out of our friends. Listen to what Robert Murray McShane said about our passage this evening. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. And to our pastors, our elders, those under shepherds of the flock, we must take particular care that we don't foster a dependence on ourselves. Instead, we must be pointing people to Jesus. To him alone be the glory. But there's much assurance too that can be taken from this little portion of Hebrews for the Christian who comes to God through Jesus. Because Jesus intercedes for you, be assured of eternal life. Caroline need not fear for her salvation. Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. With Jesus to represent you before God, pleading his blood and righteousness in your place, there is no force that can keep you from one day joining with him in heaven. And because Jesus intercedes for you, be assured of the strength you need. When Jesus told Peter that he would be sifted by Satan, Jesus added, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. When Jesus prays for Peter, it is not a question of if you turn back, but rather of when you turn back. When Nigel falls, he must return to Jesus in repentance and faith. And when you stumble and fall, Jesus does not turn his back on you, but he prays that your faith may not fail. And his intercession will be answered by the Father in heaven who will give you the strength you need. And finally this evening, because Jesus intercedes for you, be assured of his love for you. Jesus' interceding in your behalf assures you of his love. Our high priest has your name written on his heart. You are remembered by our Lord as he prays to the Father for you. Jesus prayed for Peter by name during his earthly ministry. Is it too much for him to remember you by name in his heavenly ministry? When you think that you're alone, remember that your Savior knows you personally and prays for you by name. And Jesus fully identifies with all that you face in life. Just as with Mary and her loneliness and suffering, Jesus too has suffered. He has experienced the loneliness of rejection. He is able to sympathize with all our weaknesses. He understands. He has compassion. He knows it. He feels what you're going through. And so he prays for you. Where is Jesus when you need him the most? He is exactly where you need him the most, ever interceding for you before God's throne. And so let us pick up some of these thoughts in song. Uh, as we do that, we'll also take up our offering.